Hello, my name is Kendra Liel, and welcome to Psych and Saint. Today we'll be talking about mindfulness. Um, I love this topic as well. <laughs> I know I say I love all the topics we talk about, but I really do love the topic of mindfulness um, because of what mindfulness actually is and also the way I was introduced to it. So I will say this as a broad definition of mindfulness. It's like the non-reactivity to your inner experience or what happens and how you allow it to affect you. So it's just almost, it's the awareness that these things are happening around you and the awareness of how they affect you and not letting it affect you in a negative way. And so I was introduced to mindfulness when I was taking um, a course during my master's um, degree. And it was a contemplative practices course. And I, and I entered the course not really having a good understanding of what contemplative practices was. But when they began to explain mindfulness and how, you know, we oftentimes make or allow ourselves to be susceptible to, to constantly be triggered or affected by things around us, it made me think of biblical principles um, and just really what God is requiring of us. Um, and I begin to try to find, you know, teachings, biblical teachings on it from speakers. And I really couldn't find what I was looking for because it's not something that we teach. And I, but it's something that is required biblically. And I just thought that that was so fascinating because I think what's happening is that Eastern religion has really grabs and got a good understanding of what mindfulness is and they've mastered it and they teach it in their religion where we open the bible and i see it all throughout the bible practices of mindfulness in the new testament and in the old and how it is not taught and you know sometimes when we hear a word that you know is practiced in a different religion, we kind of shy away from it because of the association of that religion. But mindfulness all in itself is actually a very, very beautiful practice um, that I'm really excited to talk about in this episode. So I gave you guys a kind of broad, you know, nuanced uh, definition of what mindfulness is. But, you know, I want to talk about my personal experience with mindfulness. I'll say the first time I remember mindfulness coming up is when I was a child everything goes back to my childhood a shout out to my mom and my grandma for <laughs> the great foundation that they gave me but um it was when my grandmother was telling my mom not directly to her but in a conversation she reminded her of the scripture in the Ephesians 5 I believe um Ephesians 5 15 it says see then that when you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise and you know when you're walking circumspectly I remember that word was like hmm circumspectly circumspectly you hear sometimes like things in your and you know you hear them later on in life and you know 
that foundational seed has already been planting, planted inside of you. Um, and I remember, you know, my mom at the age, it was a young age too, it was like four or five years old, pressing the idea of diligence and awareness into my brain and for different reasons one of them just because in case I was ever you know <laughs> out of her sight she wanted me to be aware but most of the time it was because of how she wanted my outlook on life she was shaping the way I saw and experienced life and when I look back on mindfulness now I read Ephesians 5.15, but then I also read that second verse after, and it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I said, wow. And I said, wow, that's so significant, especially in this day and age. Um, because, you know, the Bible speaks a lot about alertness, especially when you get to the New Testament, when you're reading a lot about false teachers and false prophets and it never really points out who the false prophets were. It just shows you how to look out for them. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, when the Bible um, talks about discerning certain things. It doesn't tell you necessarily what you'll experience or how it may feel to you, but it just shows you what it looks like. And sometimes I, I'm actually really happy that it's written that way. Because sometimes the pairing of emotions to the pairing of experience creates a um, an offense. You know, we oftentimes, and I don't want to trigger anybody, but trigger warning. Sometimes we are more <laughs> offend, offended than, we, than the situation calls for. Because the pairing of what we experience with emotion creates that offense and sometimes we're just need to be aware that was a learning experience you know you were in a situation you had an experience that doesn't necessarily have to result in you having a foundation of hurt and i i realized that i think part of the human experience is that because we are such personal beings you know if you look at animals they don't really, I mean, they may, but generally speaking, they don't hold things against each other the way we do. <laughs> you know, they get bumped, they may fight, and they just kind of let it go, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I see my cats. My cats used to do it all the time. You know, my, my cat Sophie used to swipe at my cat Jasper, and they may, like, you know, kind of tussle for a couple seconds, and then they kind of just let it go, you know? And not that I'm saying that every scenario that we go through requires that. But I think that sometimes when we are experiencing certain things in life, even with ourselves, we put a definition on it that it may not deserve. And in mindfulness practice, it is the practice of being alert, but not hypersensitive. You know what I mean? So I'll give you guys an example with myself. So I you know, have experienced many different personalities, you know, in scenarios in my life as I've been in school in different settings from homeschool to, you know, a high school, then college and my master's. And now I'm in, my, my, in a specific career, you know, experience so many different types of personalities or people or scenarios, you know, 
Um, I think one of the most important things is that sometimes the pairing, back to the pairing of experience with the pairing of emotion, um, it doesn't always feel like we're operating in the offense that first happened to us. But when you start protecting yourself before something happens or operating in hurt, that is operating in the initial offense. That that's not necessarily has anything to do with this scenario. It really just has to do with the offense that happened the very first time. Um, and really, when we go through things, we really are just getting the wisdom from scenarios so it doesn't happen again. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people, and this is not just for Christians, but we tend to go through the same things over and over and over again. And guess what? We'll stay at that same level until we learn the lesson. Because God is a God who does things and he has balance. You know, he's not going to take you to level three if you're still stuck at level two. And one of the things that people talk about um, in mindfulness that I really am inching towards is stillness. And that is such a beautiful practice in our faith because it allow, it removes the weight of doing things that we're really not capable of fixing ourselves. It removes that weight from us when we're able to just be still. And when the Bible says, be still and know that I am God, that is a not a suggestion. And we often look at scriptures like, oh, he tells us we can. No, he is commanding you to be still and know that he is God. And I think that, you know, Christians automatically have favor because we have God on our side. We have him looking out for us, telling us that you don't have to worry about this. Do this and I have you, you know, call on me and I'll, I'll give you an answer. Seek me, you know, and you'll have me knock and I'll open the door for you. Pray, you know, and you and trust and believe and I'll make it happen. We have that. And so when it comes to stillness, that is a practice of really of just allowing God to be. He doesn't need our help to exist. <laughs> he already has exist. He always will exist. Before and after us, he existed. He will continue to exist. His existence is not <laughs> contingent on how well we're doing um, or even how much we believe in him. But that stillness also gives us opportunity to find rest and reflection. And I think that, you know, in the way that we live our life, we're supposed to reflect a little bit more than we do. You know, there's a reason why David, you know, in his youth said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And in his old age, he said, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And because he was able to reflect. Now, I don't think we have to wait till we get old to realize that God has always been there for us. But sometimes it is just the moment by moment. It is just from when you woke up this morning and now that you're brushing your teeth, you're getting revelation. And it may not always come to you that simple. But it, the, the, 
opportunity for stillness is always there because we're always supposed to be trusting and we're only supposed to be involved in what we can handle. And we can't always see the minor details and things we don't know about. You know, we're, we're not all knowing the way the Lord is. We don't have an aerial view of our future and our past, you know, the way he does. But he does have it. And so that stillness, we're giving him the opportunity to be who he is. And oftentimes we put ourselves in the Lord position. Not that we want to be him, but we're moving and constantly we're not involving him in every step of our lives. And we end up overanalyzing and overthinking and going through way more than what we have to. But if we have the opportunity for stillness, and some, and I'll explain to you what stillness also is and what it looks like. Um, especially when the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. It does not necessarily mean don't put forth an effort. But a lot of time, the stillness is, is a stillness of mind, not necessarily of effort. Because back to the scriptures, with our mind that we serve the Lord and is with our flesh that we serve sin, basically. I'm paraphrasing, but when we, the opportunity for stillness and that stillness of mind creates opportunity for no anxiety to build up. And that's oftentimes what keeps us separate from the outcome that we're looking for and the journey that we want to experience. And that's why God does not promise you an expected journey, but an expected end, because sometimes we are the ones that get in the way of our journey being more pleasant than it can be. Not that your journey is always going to be peaches and cream, because sometimes, you know, your journey is one that is a little bit harder. But Sometimes we do make it harder on ourselves from that lack of stillness, which just comes from the lack of stillness does come from the lack of mindfulness. Because if you are aware and you're able to walk circumspectly and, and, and recognize who God is and how in his habits and how he operates. And that's something that comes with just staying in relationship with the Lord, which is why I talked about vulnerability before I talked about mindfulness, because it does, this technique does involve a lot of trust, but if you don't have that level of trust and vulnerability with God, it's hard to practice stillness because you're constantly wondering, is he going to come through for me? Is he going to do what he said he was going to do, right? And so, but back to that stillness, because I really want you guys to get this principle. The stillness really is just the lack, and a mindfulness really is the, the lack of your mind going haywire and the, and the raging thoughts that go through your mind, which is really a symptom of anxiety. But if you look how the Bible tells you to be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Okay, I'm going to actually read the entire thing for you guys so that we can actually be really clear on what he's requiring us to do. So yes, in Philippians, I believe Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And that is really how our frame of how we move through this work is. That is the foundation for how we operate. But that is a mindful scripture. It's requiring stillness from you. Even though he didn't say the words, be still and know that I am God right there. What he is telling you is to pray, give it to God, thank him. Think positively, not just positively, think good things, a good report. And then he said the things that you have learned and received, and this means that you have to have some reflection and the, and the things that he's shown you through your life and not things that you've just got offended by, especially because we tend, once we get that, and that's, you know, once we tend to get that first offense, we tend to be offended in similar ways over and over and over again. But let that first experience just be your learning lesson, just be that thing that you needed to know and the thing that you needed to receive. But after he says that after you, those things which you have both learned and received and heard, seen in me, do. Which means if you saw it in me, do it. If I told you to do it, do it. If I've allowed you to learn from it, if I've allowed you to gain the wisdom from it, the per, the um the per the per you know the the idea of how to do it, guys. I lost like I lost what I was trying to say. Move in that manner, and the stillness first it re it allows you to reflect and gain the wisdom from the scenario. And one thing that I'm learning, I have not mastered it. I'm saying learning. One thing I'm learning is to be still before I react, even in the midst of conversation. And that doesn't necessarily mean a negative reaction. Sometime before I say yes, I need to say, um, let me get back to you. Because, you know, I say yes, and then I realize, oh my gosh, Kendra, you have this laundry list of things that you wanted to accomplish for yourself. And sometimes at the top of the, that thing I wanted to do was spend time with God. But if it's like, oh, God is always there. I'll just, I'll read my Bible after I'm done washing the dishes. Okay, well, I'll read my Bible after I do my hair. Okay, I'll read my Bible after this. And that relationship has to be priority. And I can't tell you some of the best lessons I've learned has not just been through life experience, but it's been through life experience. And then him showing me the wisdom in that life experience. And don't always place expectation on yourself for you to learn without him. He's there for a reason. It's the same way, you know, you'll come and tell your mom and your dad. You know, I do this with my dad, too. I'll say, you know, give him scenarios of things that happened to me. And he'll point out the lesson in the midst of it. He'll say, well, did you do this? Or did you ask him a question? Did you seek this answer? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. And the word of God and staying in relationship with him does that same exact thing for us. But that Ephesians 4, 6 through 9 is really the key to how to live mindfully in him. You know, a lot of our relationship is prayer, but it is, you know, also thanksgiving and remaining pure in your thoughts and in your heart. But I want to also say, I want to point out to verse 7 again. It says, be careful, um, verse 6, then 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then it tells you 
what exactly is going to happen to your mind afterwards. This is in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that stillness that starts with the mindfulness is so important in our walk because the devil will take that initial offense even it's with yourself. I don't want, you know, to imply that it's always with people. Sometimes it could be a scenario or, you know, a job opportunity or even just, you know, putting yourself in a situation that does not feel within your comfort. He can take that initial offense and create a whirlwind of thoughts and make it really a trigger for you. But it's asking you not, it's asking you to be trigger less. The scripture really is. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. It's giving you the opportunity to see and experience something. Ask God about it. Thank him for the opportunity to see and receive it because we have to understand as Christians, Every op everything we go through is a learning opportunity for us to become to get to know more about God, but also for God to show us more about how to live um, as individuals, how to operate, you know, and just how to navigate life. And that, you know, oftentimes we look at that scripture just about prayer and how to get a prayer answered, but it's actually more than that. There's so much beauty in the way. Our relationship is designed to be with God. He is so intentional in everything that he does, that he's even allowed our experiences before the enemy decides, I'm going to deem this negative and so are you. He gives us the opportunity to go to him and say, God, this happened. What do I do? How do I maneuver through it? And now, that I've talked to you about this, you can even ask God, what can I learn from this? You know, instead of it being an offensive situation, and trust me, you do not want to be offended all the time. It is a hard way to live your life. It's also a very painful way to live your life. It's a lot of discomfort. It's not an easy life to live. You walk around being very hurt, and it, it creates, it actually creates moments for you to just not be vulnerable with God, honestly, too. Um, <clears throat> constantly being that hurt. And then it trickles down into your, the way you experience people, you know. Um, but the importance of stillness and mindfulness in your walk with God, it will trickle down into your life and it will be a way that you operate. Being a person who is not reactive but is proactive is the best way to be for your health, for your mind, okay? I can't stress that enough, for your mind, <laughs> for your spiritual life, but also in natural ways in your career, you know, in your interaction with people. You know, you begin to be a learner and not just an experiencer with life because we're all experiencing, but experience is kind of in vain if you're not learning from it. So... I really love talking to you guys about mindfulness. I cannot wait to do a part two of mindfulness. I don't want to talk to you guys to death. But thank you so much and tune in to the very last episode of this quartet. All right. Love you guys. Bye. There'll be struggles on your Christian journey. Everybody's got a testimony. Yeah.
Gotta take care of my mental health and maintain our spiritual self. That's why we need psych and say. There's some days that I lose faith, oh, and I'm reminded of your never-ending grace. The struggles of this world, they take their I'm